ladies and gentlemen, this is LaMarcus Tinker, a.k.a. Dallas Tinker from Friday Night Lights. You are officially listening to the best FNL podcast there is, presented to you by Mr. Blake Thompson. This should be a great, great show. Just hear the sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling, too. Come on, it's lovely weather for sleigh ride together with you. Welcome, everybody, to the Christmas edition of the Friday Night Lights podcast. I'm your host, Blake, coming to you from Oxford, Mississippi. And it is just me by myself this morning, but we're just going to go over a few news items and then go into the interview with LaMarcus Tinker, who you heard at the very beginning. Uh, LaMarcus and I were able to have an interview a few weeks back just after the episode, The Sun. And since that episode, we've seen more and more of his character, Dallas Tinker, on the show, especially with the bond that he has formed with Luke. And we could only expect some big things happening, hopefully, uh, for LaMarcus as he gets more, more time in the second half of the season. We're also right here at the midway point of Friday Night Lights. We just finished episode seven. And so we have six more to finish out this this season. Uh, they are actually completed filming this past week in, in Austin. And so all the actors and crew are taking some much needed breaks, but um, they look forward to being able to get back on, on task, I believe in late spring for filming of season five, actually. As I said, this is the Christmas edition, which means we're at the end of the year, and we're also at the end of a decade. And because of that, I don't know if many people have paid attention to see that there are many lists being put out, the top 10 shows of 2009, the top 10 shows of even the decade. And it seems that Friday Night Lights has began to garner some some attention there, uh, at least by, by some critics and at least by some websites and magazines. And I was going to go through just a few of those. Um, the Huffington Post, which many of you may or may not look at, it's an interesting site to say the least, but they had this to say about Friday Night Lights as one of the top shows of 2009. The Huffington Post says, still the most stirring drama on television is Friday Night Lights. It's qu- quite a powerhouse that pays tribute to and offers an unwavering appreciation of the intimate details of basic human behavior in small-town America. Case in point, the recent episode about the death of young Matt Saracen's absentee father and the impact it had on him. The story went way beyond showing what grief is, rather it revealed what grief does. The revelation continued in the following episode when Matt, a former high school quarterback who's been wasting his time working at a pizza parlor since graduation, abruptly left town in search of his life, leaving his family, friends, and devastated girlfriend behind. Members of the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences should be ashamed of themselves for consistently failing to recognize the brilliance of this series. Um, Time Magazine had uh, Mad Men as their top television show, which uh, seems to happen quite often with, uh, with Mad Men. It's at the top of so many lists, but it actually had Friday Night Lights as number seven on its top 10 TV series of of 2009. Um, but then the TV addict, which is the TV addict.com had Friday night lights as their number one television show, uh, had a lot of great other shows that are on that list as well. But for them rating Friday night lights, number one, they said just how remarkable was Friday night lights this past year. Put it this way. This TV addict is so desperate to discover if coach Taylor can turn around the lackluster East Dillon Panthers that we may have, or for legal reasons may not have turned to a life of downloading. Entertainment Weekly has Friday Night Lights number seven. Actually, the uh, Alan Sepinwall, if you've never read Alan Sepinwall's blog, he is a TV critic and writes 
for a newspaper out of New Jersey. If you can go to NJ.com, he has Friday Night Lights actually as one of his top television shows of the decade and easily is one of the best dramas of the year. The AV Club, uh, avclub.com, audio video, um, they have Friday Night Lights as the number 16th show of the decade. And anyway, as you can see, there are many, many opportunities uh, for you to be able to look. You can just Google top 10 shows of 2009 or the decade. There's many, many there. But people are seeing over and over and over the same things that uh, that so many of us have come to recognize already, that Friday Night Lights is one of the top shows. Um, but there are many, many other great shows out there as well. Uh, there are many on those lists that I've watched myself and would agree with her are great, and there are many that I don't know a whole lot about, but I've only heard of, and I want to check more more them out as well. But sadly, no Golden Globe or Emmy nominations, which I, again, think is is just a slap in the face for such a great, great television show. But now let's go into the interview with LaMarcus Tinker. Uh, LaMarcus is, is one that's going to be both entertaining to listen to, and you can tell that there are many things that he has still on his plate that he's looking forward to doing. So here we go, LaMarcus Tinker. Here we are with LaMarcus Tinker, uh, who plays Dallas Tinker on Friday Night Lights. How are you doing, LaMarcus? I'm doing well. Hello to everyone that is listening. We're, uh, we're very glad for you to be able to be a part of us and uh, know that this is, this is your first season on Friday Night Lights, right? That is correct. Were you a fan of the show, or did you ever watch it much prior to trying out for Friday Night Lights? Um, actually, no, I did not. Um, I was not previously a fan of the show before I, uh, signed up to come down and be an extra. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, tell me, tell me a little bit before we get into the specifics with Friday Night Lights. How did you get into acting at first? How, and when did you know that that's what I want to do? I want to be an actor. Um, I started off acting when I was about two years old. Wow. Um, I started off in elementary and of course, in in kindergarten, I mm-hmm. uh, started off doing like Christmas plays, Black History plays, and things of that nature. Um, and throughout the course of my life, I continued to pick that up uh, all the way through middle school, then all the way through high school, and of course into my uh, present life right now. Um, and I and I developed a love for it, a strong love for it. Right. And how was it you exactly got connected with? the cast and crew there in Austin with Friday Night Lights? Um, I actually started off as an extra. Uh, At the end of August, I went up um, to be an extra on Friday Night Lights. Um, I traveled to Austin with several friends um, that previously knew about uh, FNL and came up here to audition to be football players on the show. At that particular time, I was just here for support. Uh-huh. Um, and then one of my then one of my friends, Brendan Barnes, uh, asked me what I mind just being an extra, just you know, while I'm down here to go ahead and and hang around. And since I'm going to be hanging around, why not work right. and be a part of it? So I said that would be great. Um, so as they did the audition, they found out that they would have to be here on call uh, pretty much all the time. And because we lived in Houston, we we said, well, how will we get back and forth? So what we decided to do was is that we all bought a ticket from Greyhound. We got on Greyhound and traveled to Austin. From Houston? We when we uh, from Houston. Okay. When we got to Austin, uh we didn't know where we were gonna sleep, what we were gonna eat, we didn't have any money, we didn't have anything. 
We got off the Greyhound. We walked around the corner to the Travel Lounge Hotel, and we were underneath the tree. And we sat there for a long time. But the reason why we did this is because we believe that if you want to be an actor, you do have to struggle. You do have to struggle because Mm -hmm. acting is a struggle. You struggle to become successful. You struggle to just grow as an individual. So uh, we were sitting under the tree, and then something in my head uh, started saying, call Laura Stokes. Um, And Laura Stokes is my former uh, middle school teacher, and she's also my former uh, acting coach. And she is currently my publicist. Okay. And something in my head said, call her. So I gave her a call. She had a friend here named Eric, and she called him and told him about what we were doing. And he didn't hesitate for one moment. He hopped in his car. He drove over. In the process of driving over, he had a flat tire. <laughs> but he still came. <laughs> so when he got there, we were, we, were still under the, you know, we were still sitting there. He came in and he paid for two nights at the hotel. So that was simply an angel. Right. God had an angel watching over us. So those two days passed. Uh-huh. And so we're back to square A again, you know. How are we going to continue to pay for this hotel? So just so happened, um, I was the vice president of an urban debate camp at Prairie View A&M University where I taught debate uh, to inner city youth. Okay. And previously, we had, a, we had a meeting with Sheila Jackson Lee, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee, to be exact. And we met with her and also a gentleman named Mark Theory, who all are involved in government. And we called him. And we, we told him about what we were doing. And out of the kindness of his, of his heart, he paid for an entire week at the hotel. So God had stepped in twice by sending his angels. Uh-huh. Well, the first day of shooting, we went to set. I was at the Millennium Youth Center here in Austin, Texas. I was playing pool with my friend, Brandon Barnes, and just a normal pool game. And something said, call out this guy that was standing at the machine with the little kid. Now, to me, he seemed like a regular crew guy. You know, I didn't know who he was, but I I just called him out. You know, Mm -hmm. the male macho thing, just just call him out. (laughs) And I called him out, and I said, I have you next on the table. And my friend goes, do you know who that is? And I go, no, I don't know who that is. I don't, you know, he's looked like a regular crew guy. So the gentleman said, okay, I'll take you next. And he walks over with his kid to play the, to play the finish playing the video game. And at this time, my friend is kind of like, you really don't know who that is? Uh-huh. So once, once I beat my friend, you know, I, I did beat him. Of course. And I walked over, and I walked over to the guy. Still didn't know who the guy was. We had not exchanged names or anything of that nature. Uh, I told him I was ready for him. He walks over to the pool table, calm, cool, and collected. All of a sudden, all these people start surrounding the table, and we're playing pool. Well, that pool game ended very quickly because I hit the eight ball in, so I beat myself. Right. Well, come to find out, the guy that I was playing pool with was Peter Berg, wow. who is the executive producer, sure. the creator, and the writer of Friday Night Lights, and he's also directed great films such as Hancock and The Kingdom, starring Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. And I didn't find that out until my friend told me. Well, by this time, the game was over. He had, you know, I had beat myself. <laughs> and everyone, of course, around at the table when I found out who it was. I could not believe 
what I had just done. Like, I called out Peter Berg. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe I did that because I didn't know who he was. Sure. And he knew I didn't know who he was. He knew that. Um, and it was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. So the next day, we're at set. We go to set the next day. Uh-huh. And I'm walking around the corner. And I'm, this is probably about an hour into us being on set that day. So they, they finally move all of us, the, the extras, to the scene. Well, I'm walking around the corner, and Peter yells to me. He says, come here. And I came up. He said, are you an actor? I said, yes. He said, can you act? I said, yes. He said, are you passionate? I said, yes. Well, he said, this is what you're going to say in this scene right now. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So he told me what to say, and he threw me in the scene. We did about two run-throughs, and he loved it. So we did, we shot it a few times, and that particular scene was a scene where Becky and Riggins were at the truck on the first episode right. on the side of the road, um, and that's the scene that I was in. Of course, they edited that part out, but that's how it all began. So once uh, Peter um, you know, threw me in that scene, of course, at that particular time, it becomes an upgrade. Which in that field means is that when when a when a background artist gets a line, you automatically get upgraded. Okay. And you know they they pay you of course and so forth and so on because you said something. You know. Wow. So I get back to set and everyone running up to me. I heard about it. I heard you got upgraded. And that's great. That's great. That's great. You're going to be doing great things now. Um, and and also at that particular time, and I forgot to mention, I was an extra student. I was considered to be a student, not a football player at that moment, at that particular moment. So back to what I was saying, as we went to set, everyone just walked up to me and just like, oh my God, you upgraded. That's great. That's great. That's great. Well, I didn't know what to expect after that. Of course, I was ecstatic. Okay. And then I later talked to Peter and he says, well, that was the luckiest eight ball you ever hit in, huh? (laughs) And we kind of laughed it off. Well, the next day, um, you know, I'm being told to go here, go there. Um, and I'm starting to see something happening, but I don't quite know what's going on because this is unbelievable to me. Well, a few days passed, okay? Okay. Next thing I know, I show up to set. I have a dressing room. Um, I'm doing hair and makeup, of course. Um, and, of course, you do the wardrobe and things of that nature. Well, I'm just kind of ecstatic. I'm happy. I don't know what's going on. And I'm just kind of like, oh, my God. Well, come to find out, um, Mr. Peter Berg, he sent my footage off to L.A., to the writers, to NBC, and all the top execs uh-huh. to review it and to see what they think. Of course, you know, you know he, he likes me, of course. But, you know, you want to get everyone else's input as well because it's a team effort. Right. Well, during the first episode, everything you saw was improv that I did. Okay. There were a lot of different times where Peter would have me do something, and it was strictly improv. And I, and I feel he was trying to see what I could do. That was your test run right there. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I feel like it was. Was that when you so, sang a song as well? Yes, that's when I sang the song. And, and it was funny. They said, LaMarcus, sing a, sing a song. And I just so happened to start singing, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord, which fit perfectly with that scene. And that was an on-the-spot moment. Okay, that wasn't playing um, at all. Just like, uh-huh, just like every moment um, in the first episode. 
And there was this one particular scene that we were doing, and it was a scene when Coach was talking to the team. Um, and it was it was and it was an improvisation there that of course you know they edited and things like that so you all didn't get to see that. Right. Um, in that particular scene, I I, I did a, I did a speech, um, and everyone it, it was completely quiet, and everyone told me after the fact that it was a great speech and it was and it was great because it was improv it was just right off the top of the dome, and. I remember that kind of being the turning point of everything. Um, so, like I said, he sent it off um, to you know to L.A. to get reviewed. Next thing I know, I get to my dressing room and I have a script, and my name is in the script. I have been written into the script. <laughs> my character name is Tinker, which is my real last name. Well, that was one of the questions and, I wanted to ask. How how was that? Is that just they thought it was a unique name in and of itself to be able to for you to keep that? Because I talked with, I think it was um, Coach, the guy that plays Coach Spivey. His last name is actually Spivey as well. So I thought he was very unique. But then I hear you as well able to keep your name. Yes, and see, and it goes back to that particular date when he made he upgraded me at that particular moment. Mm-hmm. Was he asked me what was my name, and I told him. He said Tinker. Hmm. And then he had Beck, you said. So from that particular moment, I was established as Tinker. Gotcha. Well, I don't know if you listened back through some of the uh, earlier podcasts from season four, but there's actually some debate between uh, me, Pat, and Russ about if Coach was saying Tank or Tinker or Tink. And because, uh, <laughs> I, you know, sometimes I thought, well, A, it could be your nickname and your Tank because right. you're, you know, obviously a large guy. But then I thought, well, maybe it's a nickname like Tink, as in like, you know, sometimes some big guys are nicknamed Tiny or something. Mm-hmm. But then to come and I find out your character's name was Tinker, and then your name in real life was Tinker, too. Yes, it is. Um, and that's because, in, and I had a, had another lady um, also, another fan asked me that, you know, one of the bloggers also. Uh-huh. And it's because, I think it's because Coach has such a, a country accent. Sure. That when he said it, it came off as being Tinker instead of Tinker. <laughs> but he's really saying Tinker. I believe he's, it. He's, Tell me what, uh, from what you can, what we've seen already, what's been your favorite moment or favorite part about being on Friday Night Lights? I would have to say, honestly, the, my favorite moment would be not what you all see on TV. Okay. My favorite moment is every day I go to set and I don't walk into a Hollywood set. I walk into a family. Behind the scenes, there's so much work being done and there's so much laughter and there's so much love. That's my favorite moment of being a part of Friday Night Lights is that it is truly a family and that's why on screen it comes off so natural because we are truly bonded as a family off the camera as well as on the camera. So that would have to be my favorite moment, to be surrounded by such talented, smart, influential, and people that have such high levels of integrity, Mm -hmm. and they're so humbled. That is truly a blessing uh, within itself, and I feel honored to be in the presence of those individuals. That's my favorite moment. And I think that's a bold statement coming from you. This is your first season work with them in season four. And a lot of these people have been together since season one. 
um, but they're still mm-hmm. welcoming. They're still open. They're still ready for you know others to be able to come and pull up to the table and be able to be a part of that family. That's correct. That's correct. And they and they welcome me with open arms, and, and they call me Tinker all the time. That's <laughs> the, that's what they call me, Tinker, 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 and I love it. I love it. It's it's exciting. Is there a typical day on the set, or is each day pretty unique in and of itself? Yes, every day is very unique. There's always something happening every day on the set. There's always laughter. There's always just enthusiasm on the set constantly. There's not a dull moment. You know, they they joke over the radio. We joke in person. We joke at the dressing rooms. We joke when we're shooting because it's a family. It's a family, and, and it's never a dull moment on set. I can't remember if it was episode two or three of this season, but it was when Coach told Tinker to uh, to shave his mustache. Was I imagining things, or did it disappear and show up again? And was it? It seemed like it was coming and going throughout the throughout the episode there. Um, speaking of that, uh, that was a strictly in prime moment. Okay. Okay. The when we were pushing the car, you know, Kyle is such a great guy. And we were talking and whatnot, and he just threw that in. He <laughs> threw that in, and it just became a part of the show. It was strictly improv, and, and they loved it, and they kept it. And, of course, what did Tinker do? Got Same. rid of that mustache. <laughs> that's that's a pretty common thing with the, uh, I guess, the style of, 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 I guess, shooting and acting and positioning selves is that there's a lot of freedom amongst the, the actors to kind of I guess have some flexibility with their lines or what they say, as long as they stick to the story itself. Right. And I, and, and I will say in regards to that, that SNL is very different compared to many other television productions. Mm-hmm. There are some productions where you have to say word for word, you have to stand in this position and you can't, you know, divvy away from the script. SNL, it's all about being natural. It's all about making that character feel real. Is that more challenging and, as an actor? Um, as a, it can go both ways. It can go both ways. But uh, I personally don't feel it's challenging okay. because I feel that it's a natural reaction. It's almost like there's a skill to it, of course. But it's almost like if, if you're having a conversation with, with someone, what will be your natural reaction? And, and it wouldn't be it. over the top. Right. Exactly. And you just go with it. And it's a feeling. And it's really all about who you're on the camera with also. And because we have such a strong connection off the camera, when we get on camera, the fans are able to see that. They're able to see the the natural ability of the actors. And that's why y'all are able to connect with us so much and okay. fill us in your hearts. Because you're you're looking at it and going, Oh my God, I can relate to that, and it's not over the top where it's like, okay, I don't, you know, I don't understand that exactly. or something like that. Y'all are able to relate to us characters. You know, I've said it many times, and when I've gotten people that I've that I've known to become watchers and fans of the show as well, I've always said, to me, it's the most real television show I've ever seen, and it's, it's nothing you really can't explain until you begin to watch it yourself. I mean, and I think a lot of that stems from the, I guess, the process and the system that Peter Berg set up, you know, way back when, mm-hmm. when, uh, when the first episode shot the pilot, I guess, four seasons ago. But um, I, 
I think that's very unique. And I think that for me, at least is one of the main reasons that it's, it has such a, a passionate fan base because of the realness. Like you said, we get so attached as fans to the characters themselves and even take, mm-hmm. take the last episode with, uh, Matt Saracen when his dad's funeral. And I mean, yeah. I've talked to obviously women and men and, and old and young, both who have said, I mean, they, they felt like their gut was being twisted as they watched him, especially at the dinner table at the mm-hmm. Taylor's Taylor's home because they, and for Matt, they've been with him through three and a half years now and they, right. they hurt with him literally. So, and, I, and and one thing in regards to that, I would like to say, Matt Saracen is a great actor, and he is a phenomenal natural actor. Zach Guilford, and uh, yeah, Zach Guilford who plays uh-huh. plays Matt Saracen. He is phenomenal. He's a phenomenal guy, and he carries himself with such uh, uh, a sense of ease. He's so easily. Easily to easy to talk to, he's just a laid back guy, and I just want to say that about him. He's a great guy and a great actor. Well, I expect, and I love working with him. I expect uh, that I know that this is probably his last um, season as a regular, at least, and that. But I expect big things from him as his career progresses into whether it's film or whether it's television or either way. But I know he's got a new movie coming out, Dare. Um, very soon, or may already be out, but um, which just seems like a character that's completely uh, a different role than his Matt Saracen character has been too. So, looking forward to his mm-hmm. career. Yes, I'm. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a phenomenal career. Is there one actor or actress that, if you could write your own uh, script out, that you'd really love to be able to work with in the industry? Hmm. I would have to say. That if I could write a script for one actor, it would have to be hmm, so many great ones. Right. But I would love to write a script and to work with Mr. Morgan Freeman. I would love to. You know, he's from Mississippi as well. Yes, yes. I would love to write a script and work with Mr. Morgan Freeman because I believe his work is brilliant. Yes. And he has this appeal when he's on camera that's like no other. He just appeals to you. If he was to walk into a room, I really feel like all eyes would be on him, even if he wasn't big time Morgan Freeman. Right. He, that appeal is so strong and is a brilliant Brilliant actor, very intelligent man, and his roles are so diverse. They're so diverse, and I would just love to work with him or sit down and talk with him about his career and you know where he came from to where he is now. And he's truly an inspiration to me. You know, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Shawshank Redemption. Um, and, yes. And, uh, oh, brilliant and, movie. And I'd read the book uh, by Stephen King actually before I'd seen the movie. And the character that Morgan Freeman plays is actually a, a redheaded Irishman. <laughs> and, the, and the character's name is, is Red. <laughs> but Morgan Freeman, because of you know the great actor he is, was able to take the, a, a part written for a redheaded Irishman and make it his own and and, like you said, be just excellent and brilliant at it. 
That's brilliant. You know, I actually did not know that, but now that you brought that to my, you know, to to my knowledge, it, it is unbelievable. I just cannot believe that. Right. That that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. And see, that's what I mean by that appeal. His 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 natural ability. His acting ability. It's so great that he can take a role that was meant for someone else and make it his own. And you as the viewer would never know. Right. Yeah. If you hadn't you read the book, know. you wouldn't know. And I recommend you the would book. would never know. It's a, it's a great story, to, a book to read as well. Um, okay. I'll, I'm going to have to check that out. Right now, most of your work has been in front of the camera. I, I'm pretty sure. Do you still have desires or, or wishing to work behind the camera? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, besides acting, um, I, I would love to be a director and a producer and a writer as far as film and television is concerned and the theater. I have produced, written, and directed my own theater productions before. Okay, didn't know that. Um, in, Houston, in Houston, Texas. Yes, sir. Um, and I always have a love for being on the creative side. I always have a love for that. And that's and that's where I eventually will end up is behind the cameras. Okay. Making the magic happen. Well, there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of magic happening out there. I, that's one of the things it seems <laughs> Yes it is. It seems that would you ever want to do that for television, do write and direct television? Uh yes I would. Okay. I, know I would film. love to. I, I would love to do television and film. You mentioned earlier, um, debating and that that was something that you had done and had taught. Do you think that that has helped prepare you or give you an extra skill set to bring to the, um, to the acting side of things? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. I feel like debating teaches you a lot of different, um, how can I say a lot of different abilities that you're going to need in your life. Debating teaches you for one, how to get up in front of an audience and speak. It teaches you how to know your facts. It teaches you how to speak correctly. It teaches you how to articulate when you are in front of someone or in a meeting or just in everyday life. Okay. So I feel that debating has prepared me for acting in a phenomenal fashion. And I feel honored to have been given the opportunity to go back and teach other inner city youth uh, the, the art of debate. And um, one last question I have for you is you mentioned a couple of scenes that, that you had shot and had a line in here or a speech there. How much is actually shot and goes on that, that we watching on television never actually see? There's a lot shot. Um, and as an actor, that is something that you are prepared for uh-huh. um, and that you know. Because you may have this one great scene that you feel like would have been great. But when it goes to the editing room, it may get cut out. Not because it wasn't good, but because for TV, you have to, you know, cut the product so that it fits in the time slot. And the whole purpose of editing is to take out those parts, uh, you know, that may be too long or, you know, may not fit well here. But everything they leave in, it's going to tell the story. And that's the main thing is to make sure that whatever you take out, it still 
details to store. It moves this way along. I wish I wish there was a way if they could put them all as DVD extras or whatever. <laughs> that, uh, you, that, know. you know what? That would be great. That would be great. Well, I, guarantee- I wouldn't be surprised if they came out with something. I guarantee you, there are a lot of people that would love to. Uh, they would pay money for that too. So that's that's that that that's great. But <laughs> it's just all about telling the story. Well, Marcus, I appreciate your uh, willingness to be able to come and be a part. And I know thank you so much. Others will appreciate it as well. And um, look forward to seeing. I know you can't give away spoilers, but hopefully, we're going to see more <laughs> of Tinker um, in the coming episodes as well as season four progresses. Yes, um, I'll give you that one. I, you will see more of Tinker. Great. I appreciate yes, it. Yes, sir. Thank you, and I appreciate this opportunity. Well, that about does it for this edition of the Friday Night Lights podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed the interview. We have a few more interviews lined up and some already recorded uh, to be re- released pretty soon. But until then, we hope everybody has a fantastic Christmas time over the holidays. As we go into the new year, hoping that things will go well. We may have a surprise for you next week as well with a new, uh, with another project coming along with the Friday Night Lights podcast. But until then, God bless you.